I'm a true champion. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the State of Wrestling Address, brought to you by the WrestlePlug Podcast. I am, of course, your host, Aaron Nix. Joining me is the Maple Leaf Magician, the Master of Canada himself, the King of Diabetes and Strong Style, Carl Wilkinson. And we are going to talk wrestling news this week, as we always do. And we're going to start with the big news, let's be honest, because this is what everyone wants to talk about. Daniel Bryan rumored to have signed with AEW. According to a report from Cassidy Haynes of Bodyslam.net, Daniel Bryan, aka Brian Danielson, has found a new home. Reported uh, by a source describing him as 100% locked in with All Elite Wrestling, Haynes further reported that Bryan had been looking at redu- reduced schedules uh, for comparable money that he was making in WWE. Bryan was also looking for creative input regarding his character and the opportunity to work over in Japan. According to Haynes, both conditions were met. A plan is also reportedly in place for Bryan's AEW debut, though where and when is unknown, um, although there is extra articles here. Um, Brian has spent the last 11 years with WWE. Um, as per a pre-match stipulation, Brian's lost banding from appearing on the SmackDown brand when he last faced Roman Reigns. Uh, and it was reported that Brian's WWE contract had expired days after that, officially making him a free agent. Brian has made no public comment on his status since then. Uh, that's not the only thing that's been popping around as well. There's been a fair bit of stuff here. Mm-hmm. Obviously, alleged allegations, things of that nature. Um it was noted that Brian wanted creative input into his character, and the plan was to have him debut on the 22nd, uh, September 22nd, excuse me, episode of Dynamite titled Grand Slam. The reason for that is because it will be taking place at Arthur Ashe Stadium, which I believe is where the US Open tennis is, hence the Grand Slam name. Um, and on the latest edition of Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer reported that the biggest factor in Brian likely signing with AEW was the company's relationship with NJPW because he's very keen on the idea of working with them. Since then, there's been a multitude of different things that have been said, but it seems to be fairly, fairly concrete that Daniel Bryan is jumping to Wednesday nights and to Dynamite and opting not to re-sign with WWE, who he spent the last 11 years with. What do you think, mate? Good fit, I mean, Daniel Bryan. I mean, if it makes him happy, absolutely. That's all that really matters in the end, as long as he's happy. Exactly. Um, would I watch it? I mean, Daniel Bryan is one of, if not the best wrestler in the world. Uh, I mean, he's absolutely in the talk for the top five, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, it would give me a reason to watch. I mean, we all know I'm not a huge Dynamite fan. I don't watch a lot of fuckboy wrestling, but... Dana Bryan's an absolute big name. He is, again, one of the best in the world. It's not that AEW doesn't have a talented roster. I think him. I think Dana Bryan could have some incredible matches with some of the AEW stars. And Dana Bryan in New Japan, uh, yes, please. Uh, just none of those insane Germans on your neck, please, because uh, please no, but also please yes. So this is if if they did this, this is a coup. Honestly, this is an incredible get by AEW, and I mean, I'm all for it, honestly. It is a good get, yeah. Um, I don't personally think it's the right choice for Daniel Bryan. It, it wouldn't be where I'd like to see him. It's not necessarily that it's not a right choice for him. I should rephrase that. It's not where I'd like to see him go. Um, I would like to see him go to NJPW actually full-time, 
that's kind of mm -hmm. what I would like. My apologies, my camera's all fucked up and delayed, so you have to bear with me, ladies and gentlemen. Um, for those of you watching on YouTube, if we bother to put it on YouTube, if we're being honest, it's such a big topic. I might just well splice this bit and put it on YouTube. Um, yeah, I think it's. Uh, you know, it's good for Daniel Bryan because I know that he won't go there unless he's given the opportunity to work less time, spend more time with his wife, which is obviously very important, his wonderful children. Um, and, or at least child, I'm not sure if he has a second one on the way or not. I think, I think they have too. Yeah, I believe so. Um, either way, good for him. Um, hopefully he'll get, I imagine, judging by what AEW's been shilling out to people. Uh, this is a good pickup. For me though, I, there aren't many matches there that I would pay good money to see omega versus daniel bryan is obviously a big draw no question despite my feelings towards omega no question that should be a main event draw um you know daniel bryan versus eddie kingston and you know daniel bryan versus pack but i have kind of seen some of these matches or at least certain iterations of it um for me all the money lies in daniel bryan's matches with tomohiro ishii and the oh, and guys of that nature who are all not part of AEW. So, um, yeah, not much I could say, really. Uh, from a personal standpoint, I would have liked to have seen him return to NXT, of all things, just for, you know, if you're going to tell me what are the dream matchups here, you know, Omega versus Brian is great. What else is there that's really a dream match in AEW? Not much, you know, uh, and especially if you have been watching Daniel Bryan um for a long time particularly as brian danielson when he's the american dragon he's actually wrestled a lot of these guys before uh you know i would have liked to have seen him have a full-on barn burner with a pete dunn or a kyle o'reilly or a lot of guys who were really conducive to his style in nxt that's not just because i'm a big mark for nxt that is my favorite show so to speak it's actually because it just seems like it would have fit better we could have had one last ride daniel bryan versus samoa joe as well seeing as joe is pretty much set to return but um it's a good decision for him, which means that it's a good decision for wrestling because ultimately if Daniel Bryan's happy, he's going to put on the best matches. My problem with AEW is their roster is so bloated right now. It's so, it's yeah. getting more and more bloated. And you can say, oh, we're going to have another fucking YouTube show or whatever. I don't have time to watch them all. I'm not going to watch AEW Dark. I'm not going to watch AEW Dark Elevation. I will watch Dynamite if I feel like it's got something that interests me. Other than that, I'm not going to watch it because that's just too much wrestling. Um, I'll be honest with you. I watch Raw because it entertains you motherfuckers. Not because I like watching it. Otherwise, I'll jack Raw in entirely. Um, I love SmackDown. I think SmackDown's great. I think NXT is by far and away the best two hours of wrestling, in my opinion. Uh, I think Impact is the most underrated and underappreciated wrestling in all the land, which I'm about to speak about. Um, so yeah, I, the problem is, yeah, it's great that AEW is picking up some incredible wrestlers and some incredible talents, but you know, the problems are still there and the roster's too big. And you know, I, I've seen some of the matches they've been putting on lately and it is such a catch 22. Some of them look great. Other ones you just think, I don't give a shit. I really don't care. I'm sorry. When they say like, you know, it's it's fine. Some of these wrestlers are not um, are just not big stars and are not stars that I'm going to pay money to watch. I'm not going to pay money to see Evil Uno or The Dark Order. I'm not. Sorry. Uh, I'm not going to pay money to see the majority of your women's division. I'm not going to pay money to see the Young Bucks. I've already seen them anyway. So, you know, it's kind of a one-trick pony. Once I've seen it, I don't need to see it again. Uh, the guys that I would pay money to see, Eddie Kingston, Pac, uh, the Lucha Brothers, 
proud and powerful, whatever they're pushing them as now, you know, those guys, they don't seem to have regular fluidity and regular storylines, despite being easily the best talents they have. And that's one of the biggest problems as to why I don't watch it that regularly. But, you know, Danny Ryan will most certainly bring eyeballs to the product and will most definitely um, give me more of an inclination to watch. Anything else you want to add to it? I mean, with the Oprah leadership, and I know we're going to go into impact in a second, can we get Brian Danison and Josh Alexander? Wouldn't that be fun? That'd be really fun, wouldn't it? That, that for mm. me, ultimately, is a bigger draw than anything AEW can offer. Um, but seeing as you mentioned him, uh, so the Forbidden Door swung open again. Um, Impact was very, very good. Has been, to be honest. Slammiversary was excellent, although the uh, final result of the main event was fucking infuriating. Uh, and frankly, very, very, very frustrating. You need to fucking nip this shit in the bud. I assume Bound for Glory, and then that'll be it, because that's like their WrestleMania. Um, mm-hmm. For Christ's sake, please wrap it up. You know, it's it, even if I was Kenny Omega, I'd be like, please wrap it up, because it's just getting boring now. Um, but the big kind of story point, well, there's two, really. Jay White turning up, who's kind of the de facto leader of Bullet Club. I have heard... Rumours, I haven't really been paying attention, but apparently Chris Bay has joined the Bullet Club or will be joining the Bullet Club, um, which I think is uh, a great choice um, and great representation as well. But the thing that really caught my eye, of course, was the face-off between Kenny Omega and Josh Alexander and the potential for Josh Alexander to be the guy to dethrone uh, Kenny Omega and be pushed Mm -hmm. as the guy. And frankly... um, this is your only logical and smartest choice. If you're building to that, then actually I feel like the Kenny Omega experiment will have been a success just because Josh Alexander dethroning him is a big fucking deal. I think we're on the precipice of Josh Alexander being so big and being so huge a star that he's going to end up either becoming, you know, a, I, I mean, a proper global phenomenon, um, or he's, you know, I already feel like he's the best wrestler in the world. I feel like he's going to take himself to an even bigger level here uh, at the expense of Kenny Omega. And that's basically what Kenny Omega should have been doing from the get-go. He's building towards this. It, it's just frustrating that loads of wrestlers have had to fall by the wayside who could have done more or interesting things with him, like Sammy Callahan. And the idea that you know, Kenny Omega has kind of locked all these people by the wayside and it hasn't garnered the ratings that they would like in Impact. Let's be honest, it hasn't worked. Uh, it's disappointing that it's taken this long, but you could redeem a lot of this by having Josh Alexander defeat Kenny Omega, especially if he opts, you know, the option C idea is there. You know, that would be a good way for the Impact title to continue to have relevance, but also to have Josh Alexander move on to the heavyweight championship. Although I would personally have him hold both. Um, what do you think about the idea that they're teasing that Josh Alexander will likely face Kenny Omega at some point? I mean, what other choice is there? Josh Alexander is the best guy in Impact. I've, he's been the best wrestler in the world for ever now. And if people don't know, they should know because you're missing out on an incredible talent, an incredible man. And I mean, the, the clash of Canada gets me all hyped. You know, Winnipeg and Toronto. Let's go. I'm sure some people will have no idea what those mean, but it doesn't matter. It's an inter- inter-Canada battle, and I'm all here for it. Yeah. Um, not much else I can add, really, other than creamy fucking goodness. <laughs> like, I am excited about that potential, uh, and this will be a true opportunity to see a world-class wrestler, and I think this will finally put it to bed, because 
AEW fans for me are a little bit fickle and they want to pretend like Josh Alexander isn't there as the best wrestler in the world when he clearly is. Um, at the end of the day, the AEW fans always make the argument to me. Um, I won't name them, but there's someone who I, I like a lot, to be honest, and she'll message me and that kind of gives it away, to be honest. But I, um, she'll message me and she'll sort of say like, oh, WWE has just as many toxic fans. The reason that we love AEW so much is because it's not WWE. Well, what about Impact Wrestling? What's your excuse for not watching Impact Wrestling? Why is Impact Wrestling only garnering 60 to 70,000 viewers a week? And I don't want to hear your fucking nonsense of, oh, well, you know, it's difficult to watch. No, it is. It's really it's not. not. It's incredibly easy to watch. Um, and there's just no excuse. You have the access to it. I just think it's down to pure fucking arrogance. Oh, yeah, AEW is the only game in town. No, it isn't. Nor is WWE. There has always been different games in town. You've just been too lazy to watch them. And by the way, Ring of Honor is continuing to excel uh, really fucking well and not getting any respect or love for it. And that's a fucking shame in his own right. Um, I'm going to die on that hill. I don't care. Uh, unless, you know, you're going to acknowledge that Impact Wrestling has been doing great things for quite some time now. Uh, frankly, your opinion is null and void as far as I'm concerned. You cannot sit there and tell me that, you know, WWE is. They are mean, evil menace, and yet not support Impact Wrestling with everything they've done. Also, the double standards that come with it and the fact that they're so desperate to hold WWE wrestlers accountable for bad behavior, but not their own, uh, things of that nature. So, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, I shouldn't take any shine away from the fact that Josh Alexander is the natural progression here. And if he doesn't capture the Impact Wrestling Championship, then frankly, Scott Demore and everyone else involved has completely let down the company and a plethora of excellent booking up until now. And it's nice to see the use of the Bullet Club. I think Jay White is quite a seismic shift as well. I believe he's currently the Never Open Weight Champion. Um, and the idea of him rocking up uh, Impact is, for me, quite a big deal. It's not a forbidden door, by the way. They've had access to these talents for a long time. It's just a matter of getting it done right and you know they haven't really had the opportunity to use it as much because of the pandemic and stuff or at least until now because they've had much longer and much more in-depth booking uh schedules to adhere to and now they have an opportunity for openings and things that's why you're seeing guys like finjuice coming back that's why you're seeing guys like jay white uh you're getting to see uh Satoshi kojima you know talents of that nature coming through very, very nice to see. And I have it on good authority. Okada will be tipping up very soon. Um, and also, right. we also, you know, while we're talking about things, we do have a new IWGP uh, United States heavyweight champion uh, in Lance Archer, who finally won a match. Fuck me, that took long enough, didn't it? Um, so, you know, there is some good stuff here. And apparently he'll be defending it against Hikaleo, which is very cool for me because I have literally stood right next to Higaleo and seen him at indie shows in front of 150 people because he did his excursion over here in the United Kingdom. Great talent. You're in for a treat with him. Um, very, very exciting talent. So plenty of uh, New Japan stuff. Speaking of AEW, by the way, Chavo Guerrero has uh, signed with uh, AEW and was on TV this week. Um, this ties in very nicely with the fact that Jim Ross was quoted as saying that he doesn't believe that AEW has signed too many ex-WWE talents. What do you think about Jim Ross clearly talking out of his fucking arms? Um, he's definitely gone senile at this point. I mean, um, their first two world champions were former WWE guys. I mean, well, 
one of their executive vice presidents is a former WWE guy in Cody Rhodes. I mean, they're cl- he's clearly drunk. It's the arrogance of it. It's, yeah. it's the fact that... It's insulting. It, yeah, it's fucking infuriating that you think you can sit there and lie and say that. That's a fucking lie. Charvo Guerrero is on this week. Doesn't need to be there. Christian, Matt Hardy, Mark Henry, Big Show, Alistair Black, Andrade. Doesn't matter how you want to cut it. These are all ex-WWE talents. Not to mention the plethora of guys who are already there. The guys who you kind of rely on for marquee value. Other than Kenny Omega, who, let's be fair, was made in New Japan. Not in your house. He was made in New Japan. Um, you know, John Moxley, Chris Jericho, it's, it's ridiculous. The majority of the people you're bringing in are ex-WWE. Now, some of them, I think, are great. Apparently, Buddy Murphy is now on their radar as well. That's good. I want to see him in AEW because he's the kind of guy who could... It's very conducive to his style, that kind of indie-rific, high-octane style of wrestling. But don't fucking lie to people. That's what pisses me off the most. Don't lie to people. Like, we can see it for ourselves. We're not stupid. You cannot sit there and I say, you know, you could have said a number of things here. You could have said, yeah, we have brought in a lot of XWD talents, but we've also brought in guys that are clearly going to help push and effect great change in our roster and bring a plethora of experience. But no, you just came out and said, I don't think we've signed that many because you're so desperate to defend anything that's done and you know it's made worse by the fact that we also had tony khan open in his mouth this week again now tony khan is the most unbelievable and pathetic booker i've ever seen he's also a trash human being as far as i'm concerned and apparently he wanks off dogs as well that's something else i've heard that's i'm sure that's just a, a rumor allegedly <laughs> but um, this is something else I want to tie in as well because I hate this hypocrisy. Sorry, we hold WWE to the same standards we do you. So when you open the yappers and act as idiots, where are you going to get it? Um, AEW chairman Tony Khan addressed fans at the Curtis Colwell Center in Garland, Texas following night two of the Firefest. Uh, he said, thank you for being here. We're just getting started. I want to tell you a little about what's coming. The first match we're going to have features one of the top wrestlers in AEW. His name is Jungle Boy. Every AEW fan should know that by now. And the fact that you have to go out there and say that makes you look like a fucking two-bit hack. It does. Um, we're going to have some great matches, including Pack versus Chuck Taylor as the main event of Elevation. Um, wow. I cannot honestly express to you how pathetic it is that you think Pack versus Chuck Taylor is a good use of Pack and is a great main event. I mean, it's great if you're Chuck Taylor because you have no business being anywhere near the ring with arguably the best wrestler in the world, but it is what it is. Uh, mm-hmm. Khan then went on to reference WWE's performance center. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't have a performance center in AEW. This is our performance center, Khan's dress. We have the best young wrestlers in the world, and this is where we showcase them. Khan then introduced Eddie Kingston as a special commentator for Dark Elevation. Now, I've seen a lot of AEW fans saying, oh, he, he, all he did was say that they don't have a performance center. It clearly wasn't a shot at WWE. It clearly fucking was. The comment was clear that, you know, oh, we don't have a performance center. Okay, so basically the argument is that you don't have the high professional grade facility to make these guys better all-round wrestlers instead of botch best machines that they can be. I don't see how you come off looking good from a comment like this. First of all, you sound like a salty, pathetic car who's consistently referencing WWE. And let's be fair, if WWE made a snotty little remark, they'd all be, all the little AW trolls, they'd all be on Twitter. They said something about our friend. Ah! Rent free, from what I can tell. 
whether you like it or not, the performance center does great things. And by the way, before people start coming at me again, which they inevitably will, I spent quite a bit of time this week ranting about how fucking stupid and borderline retarded WWE has been in their treatment of NXT talent and the fact that the Karen Cross thing was a fucking joke and Goldberg is a mm. fucking joke. So no, WWE is not immune from my anger and my rage. Far from it. They will be held accountable and they will continue to be held accountable. So will you. And I'm sick and tired of hearing excuses. Well, we've only been going for two and a half years. You know, you're going to be saying this over and over every year. Oh, I've only been going for four years. Oh, I've only been going for 10 years. Oh, I've only been going for 60 years. How long are you going to keep using that excuse? You keep bringing in every ex-WWE talent known to man. You've got people who have been working in the business backstage for 40 years, some of these people. You've got you know, the greatest commentator of all time to a lot of people, uh, although Lance Russell would certainly have something to say about that. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, well, you're clearly not as big a wrestling fan as you claim you are. Um, you know, there's a plethora of people there who know what to do in this scenario. Dustin Rhodes and Cody Rhodes, an army, you know, Dean Malenko, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, the list goes on and on and on. Stop making excuses when your product doesn't match up to what it should. And when there's a lot of mistakes made and it's not because you don't have the right talent. It's because you keep pushing the wrong talent. As far as I'm concerned, if I was in charge of AEW, and I'm sure somebody is more than welcome to ask, I wish someone would actually just outright ask the question, how would you make AEW better? Because it's not that far off from being easily the best product. But first of all, I'd be like, right, we need to turf out half of this fucking roster because half of them don't, they're not even stars. They're jokes. They're, you know, they, with all due respect, right? Obviously a lot of them, Great, and the thing is, people are going to say you're a wrestler, you're working hard to be a wrestler. Who the fuck are you to say that? You might get an opportunity, absolutely. I agree, however, the difference is I'm aware that what my level is. A lot of these people don't belong on this level. You can't tell me that people like Chuck Taylor have been fantastic on TV on a regular basis. And I like best friends, I do, and I think Trent, especially, could be a massive star. But you know, so many of these guys who are good talents, Kip Sabian, um, you know, this armies of them, you pick them up, Joey Janela, Sonny Kiss, it doesn't matter who they are. They might have potential, but they're not used properly. And even when they are, they just don't feel like big stars. I'm sorry, they don't. A lot of these people are not stars. They're not even good enhancement talents. And then there's all these random fucking names I've never heard of cropping up in the indies. And that's great. But, you know, not everybody can be at the top. They can't. And it's all very well saying like, you know, oh, we want to give everyone an opportunity. That's wonderful. I commend you for that. I really do. But ultimately, like I've said, I've used this analogy before. If I run a small business and I just take literally everybody on the street who needs a job, then not everybody is going to work to the same standard. And my business is going to suffer because of that. And that's exactly what's happening here. And this is why you need fucking God knows how many YouTube shows because there's just too much. I keep seeing them advertise, biggest dark ever, 14 matches. I ain't got time to watch 14 fucking dark matches on a Tuesday night. Yeah, behave. You're getting like WWE in a lot of ways. So what is it? Six, seven hours of content now. It's how long? How long before it's the same? You know, it's so hypocritical. Oh, I don't have time to watch Raw, SmackDown, and NXT, but I do have time to watch seven hours, five of which are full of indie talents. I'd rather go and watch my local indies. I'd rather watch Ring of Honor, who have 
actually said, right, can we just have the very best wrestlers that we can get hold of? Guys like Bandido and the Briscoes and Jonathan Gresham, who, by the way, all of those wrestlers I've just mentioned dwarf the majority of your roster in AEW. They do. Sorry, that's just the way it is. Um, what do you make of all of that? <laughs> I mean, I just want to punch Tony Khan in the mouth. He's such a mark. He's such a mark for himself. Yeah, and that's like being me. a mark for the I... business. But when you're a mark for yourself at the behest of the business, that pisses me off. I mean, the performance center is incredible because it's not just NXT talent that go there. Raw and SmackDown stars are there every fucking day. It's not a developmental center. It is a state of the art facility with the best of the best equipment, traders, and just personnel in general. I, it's insulting to think that he thought he was being cheeky. But like, oh, we don't have a performance there. We just put him out on TV. Yeah. And then, you know, they look really bad because they haven't had the chance to train and be taught all of the things that they need to know. Oh, I would strangle him in a... I would, I would drown him in a pool of his own blood. And I wouldn't even feel bad. I just think he's a knobhead. He is. He comes, comes across as a bellend. That's what he does. Comes across as a bellend. Um, he's, he's, he looks... Oh, by the way, he is shit on the microphone. As a heel and a face, he's so bad. I I, started, I don't understand how people thought those fucking vignettes on Impact, the ad, paid advertisers, were good. I fast-forwarded every single one of them after the first couple. It was painful. It was pathetic. And it, the Oh, my God. The way AEW fans see him as some sort of messiah some sort of cult hero is actually pathetic that's who you think is like the savior of wrestling you're a fucking idiot i i cannot stand tony khan he's so disingenuous and by the way he is an abject failure in everything he's done up until now and he's not an abject failure in wrestling but by the way AEW didn't turn a profit uh from what i hear their ratings are all over the place. Um, you can say that they're a success on pay-per-views. I'd say they are. They sell great on pay-per-views and things of that nature, but I think it's been a very rocky road. They go from amazing TV to shit TV so quickly. And by the way, Tony Khan, he's also in charge of Fulham Football Club, who my family has supported for many a generation. Um, and he has done a horrible job. They are a pile of shit under his management, and he's even undercut the manager, who, by the way, Scott Parker, knows more about football. Literally, he could he could have a piss, and that piss would contain more knowledge of football than this fucking little rub will ever have. And don't even start with the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are easily the worst franchise in American football. So the proof is in the pudding. You are not a very good businessman. You are just not. And when it comes to sports and running franchises, you are an abject failure. The proof is in the pudding. The facts are there. The numbers don't lie. The statistics back that up. That's just facts. And if you don't like that, boo fucking who? That's not my fault. I didn't ask him to be an abject failure at two different sports teams and then be very iffy with wrestling. And from what I can tell, the only reason he's successful is because he has unlimited money. And I'll be honest with you, if I had unlimited money, I could probably run a half-decent fucking wrestling show myself. And I'll tell you what, I bet you I can book better than Tony Khan. And I'd be more than happy to sit here and lay out booking every single week if people were willing to pay me the kind of money that he's got at his disposal. I think it's a joke. 
Uh, I think he needs to shut his mouth. Your mate CM Punk is apparently uh, negotiating for an in-ring return. Uh, fantastic. Here we go again. We don't know whether it's conjecture or not. CM Punk hasn't denied it this time, and normally he's quite quick to do that. CM Punk is reportedly in ongoing talks for a return to the ring. This is according to Fightful. Uh, the most likely place for him to go is AEW, but a contract hasn't been signed, nor has a timetable, return date, or creative plans been put in place. The report noted simply Punk and a company official have been talking about him wrestling once again. The report stated they haven't confirmed with Punk or AEW officials about this news, but were told recently that higher-ups in WWE believe Punk is going to All Elite Wrestling. With fans returning, other companies have been said to be interested in Punk, but no specific offers have reportedly been made. He was released from WWE in 2014. He hasn't wrestled since, although he had a brief stint in UFC, as we know. CM Punk. Um... I pretty much know what you're going to say, but what are your thoughts on the idea that CM Punk might actually finally return to the ring? I don't care, man. <laughs> like, is it... I, I can't even say whether or not it's good for wrestling because I just don't care. Like, he's been gone for seven years. People have been spouting comebacks, I don't know, almost, you know, every month for the past seven years. What's he gonna do if he comes back? He can. I'm sure he can still talk. Fine. I mean, you don't lose that. But it's not like he's gonna be able to go like he used to. Like, who cares, man? I know a bunch of people are gonna get butthurt when I say it, but I couldn't care less, man. I could not care less. CM Punk is the most overrated wrestler of the last twenty years. And I'm Bruce. fucking, and people don't like that because, and the, the first thing they were say, what about the pipe bomb? What about it? It was fine. It was hardly a worldie. It was fine. Um, I'm sorry. Is it on a, like, name me the great, like, I don't think he got close to a Dusty Rhodes on the mic or a Stone Cold Steve Austin or a Ric Flair or a Shawn Michaels in his prime. I hated Shawn Michaels. Um, he was, a shining star in a horrible era of wrestling. WWE was in the toilet in that period. Um, that was when ratings really started to drop. He drew money, no question, but he didn't draw even close to a Brock Lesnar or a Rock or an Austin or an Undertaker or anyone like that. He just didn't. Um, I thought CM Punk was fine. I'm not saying CM Punk is shit. He was good on the mic. He was a great in-ring worker, but he was not this all-time great that people act like he was. And the only reason people are excited, so let's be real, the only reason you're excited is because you're hoping he's just going to peel back the fourth wall and cut another pipe bomb. Because his matches, I'm sorry, he's not as good as Pac. He's not as good as Daniel Bryan or Samoa Joe. I can name 50 wrestlers right now that are comparable or better than CM Punk. I can I legitimately can. I could sit here for ages and do it. Run down the rosters if you like. I'm more than happy to do so on another podcast. Um, he was, like I say, the best of an awful bunch for quite a while. And if you go back and look at it, uh, if you take Daniel Bryan out of the equation and Kane somewhat, he actually wouldn't have really got that far in WWE either. Those guys really helped elevate him. And he kind of elevated himself off the back of the hatred of John Cena because he was so stale. John Cena was so boring and so stale that CM Punk was smart enough to recognize, to his credit, that 
he could be a bigger draw and a bigger star by being the complete antithesis of what John Cena was. And if you're telling me that WWE had no say in the direction of that, well, you're fucking stupid. There's this weird belief that CM Punk did everything off his own back. That, oh, he just went against everyone in WWE. And that's what makes him so great because he was a he was a martyr and he was, you know, he just broke through and he didn't take no for an answer and all this fucking nonsense that so many guys have done before him and better. He's a cut-rate Stone Cold Steve Austin is what he was with slightly better in-ring work. That's what he was. So I don't give a shit if he comes back. The initial pop will be great and you'll get goosebumps. He'll go to AEW, whoop-de-doo. It's another talent that, you know, he knows that Tony Khan is stupid enough to pay him ludicrous money to come back and wrestle five times a year. He will. Tony Khan will throw an obscene amount of money at him. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it seems to be the week of returns. He's not the only one. Apparently, The Rock is scheduled for a WWE return as well. Uh, whether you like it or not, The Rock is a humongous draw. He is the highest paid action movie star of the modern era. He is, I believe, the highest paid fucking movie star full stop in the world. Um, you know, he is monstrous. He's in a number of franchises. He's the face of his own fitness line for Under Armour and all these different things. You name it, The Rock is doing it. He is a global icon, a mega star who eclipses even John Cena who is doing very well for himself right now, it has to be said. I am, I'm not even that excited about The Rock coming back. So why would I be excited about CM Punk coming back? Just is what it is. Any I mean, final thoughts on that? I'd love to see The Rock. Uh, this year, Survivor Series will be 25 years since his debut, which is, you know, pretty sick. But I mean, would I love to feel the goosebumps when I hear the music? Yeah, absolutely I would. Do I want to see him take up a spot against Roman Reigns? Not really, because I think Smack- the SmackDown roster in particular has an incredible talent or depth of talent, excuse me, with so many great matchups. And I, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see part-timers doing this stuff again. I already have to get it with fucking Goldberg. And Cena, by fuck, dude. Fuck part-timers. Yeah, like, what's the difference between CM Punk coming back and wrestling one or two times a year to Goldberg? What, because he's slightly better in-ring work? Sorry, I don't think CM Punk is going to get close to... There's another fucking spider in here. I swear to God, it's like a fucking thing in this house. Um, It is like the heat that's doing it, so you're excuse me if I... I'm going to keep a watch for Lyism as I speak over. Um, Obviously, I'd rather watch CM Punk wrestle than Goldberg, but I don't think being a better in-ring worker really gets that much of a draw. What do you think, mate? No, absolutely. I mean, CM Punk's had some good matches, but Goldberg's had some good matches. They're, They're different, but I don't care about watching either of them. Ah. Christ Almighty. You know AEW fans are going to lose their fucking mind if he actually comes out. They're going to be like, oh my god, the greatest wrestler to ever live is coming up on our show. And they'll have clearly only been watching wrestling for about 30 seconds when he comes out because they just don't understand the business. I I, I shouldn't be able to say that I do. Like, I'm not a wrestler. I've never trained any of that kind of stuff, but I don't think Punk's that great for the business in 2021. I honestly don't. No. I'll pay 
a million dollars to watch um, see, um, not CM Punk, excuse me. Fucking completely defeats my point. I'll pay a million dollars to watch Daniel Bryan and a plethora of other people before I'll ever watch CM Punk wrestling again. Um, I don't care. I just don't care. And it's just, it's one of those things where it becomes more alluring because he's the guy who said he would never come back. And, you know, that's probably the only reason that people really have that much interest in him um, because he's the guy who hates wrestling. So it makes him cool and it makes him edgy. Don't really care. This is one story I cannot wait to get into. This is kind of the final story. And then we're going to talk about everyone's questions because we've got quite a bit of interaction on Twitter. And I appreciate you guys doing so and bearing with us. Um, I don't know if you've seen this. You might have noticed uh, Aaron Cruz, our boy, put it in the group chat. Courtesy of Lab Bible. Mother claims WWE Slambulance toys encourage violence against emergency responders. <laughs> um it appears there's one parent that isn't a fan of WWE's toys. After viewing a commercial featuring Drew McIntyre tearing through a WWE ambulance called the WWE Slambulance. Get it? <laughs> That's oh fucking God. terrible, by the way. Bournemouth native, which, by the way, is about an hour and a half from me, um, and mother of three, Sabrina Fitzsimmons, was less impressed than impressed, was less was left less than impressed, excuse me, uh, with WWE's toys, feeling that it perpetuates violence towards ambulances and emergency responders. This toy is massively inappropriate, Fitzsimmons told uh, Lad by what's her first name? Sabrina. No, it's not. It's Karen. Uh, I wouldn't purchase that for my child, and I certainly wouldn't get behind advertising it. I just think you're crossing a line of ethics and morals. God, you're in for a treat when you see what GTA does, love. Um, <laughs> Toys are supposed to teach our children, not only be fun. When I saw it, I just thought, what a time to be advertising a toy like this to children. These people in the healthcare sector saved our lives. So advocate for a toy that perpetuates the message of violence towards the vehicles and the people that help us. I just think, what kind of message are you sending the children here? How is that Okay. WWE has a huge following from little ones right up to adults, including my 13-year-old son. I think it's just such the wrong message. I wasn't trying to be a quotations Karen, but I just found it really offensive given the pressure I know the services have been under and the sacrifices they've made. I could see that the advert really upset my partner. Fitzsimmons' partner, Chrissy, is an NHS healthcare assistant. Uh, that's the National Health Service for the United Kingdom. For anyone who's wondering, that's basically our healthcare system, which is also beautiful and wonderful in every sense. Um, and by the way, I do have some actual words of wisdom from people who work in the NHS, who I'm very close to. Um, yeah, that combined with the efforts of health workers during the pandemic appeared to be Fitzsimmons' main gripes. I work in retail, and you use some degree of common sense, Fitzsimmons continued. If that fell on my desk and I was told we're going to advertise this, I would be asking questions. Is this good at any time, not just after a pandemic, to advocate violence against emergency workers? Which, by the way, it fucking doesn't do, you lying sack of shit. Uh, it's never a good thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm, do you know what? I can't be bothered with your shit. This pisses me off. You're a fucking Karen. You're a fucking joke. You're a butthurt, ridiculously oversensitive tart who needs to grow the fuck up and realize that it's a fucking toy. And if you think that your kids are going to be offended by this or that this perpetuates violence, then maybe you need to do a better job as a fucking parent, you pathetic melt. Jeez, dude, I can't wait to go, you know, Throw a rock at an ambulance after I play with this toy. I'm learning exactly so what much. So exactly what I thought when I saw this. I thought, do you know what? I can't wait to just attack. Do you know what? At no point do these figures, right, perpetuate violence. What it is, is actually the slambulance. The ambulance match has been a part of WWE since, I believe, 2003. 
So where's your fucking outrage for the last 18 years, Karen? Oh, of course, because there's now a toy. And by the way, this isn't the first toy that has ambulance parts or perpetuates the idea of maybe... It, it doesn't perpetuate any of that. You have made that interpretation because you need to be offended. And I have worked and have friends who work in the health sector, including a friend of mine who has overcome cancer twice while working not only in a private health sector, but also a public one for the NHS. And when I told her this, she said, that woman can suck my fucking dick. And by the way, the person who told me that she can suck her fucking dick is not actually someone who has a penis. So incredible in that sense. Um, I think this is pathetic. I think this is just another fucking fine example of our culture, which is we don't want to take responsibility for being parents. We want someone else to fucking carry the responsibility for us. The same people who want GTA cancelled because it perpetuates violence. Everything perpetuates violence. You're right with Game of Thrones having a fucking rape scene every 10 minutes, aren't you? You're right with Walking Dead having corpses being ripped up. And don't give me the whole, oh, well, those things have a clear age limit on them. So does GTA. So who's the fucking retard if you go out and buy an 18 plus game for your ugly little troglodyte that you call a child? I don't fucking care that you're a parent. I don't give a shit that you have opted to bring children onto this earth. Good for you. Guess what? That's your responsibility. They're your fucking kids. They're not mine. It is not my responsibility to teach your children the rights and the wrongs of the world. It is your responsibility. And more importantly, it's your responsibility to actually act like a fucking adult and not be offended by a toy that is made of plastic when there are people being raped and murdered and dying on a regular basis. And the fact that you want to use that as your fucking leverage for an argument makes you a pathetic Karen cunt. What you are is a fucking big old tuna melt. You're a joke. You're a fucking perpetuation of a weak society that doesn't want to take responsibility for its own decisions. It wants to pass the buck as per usual because it's much easier to sit there and read the sun and get drunk off of free tequilas a day than it is to go outside and actually show true responsibility and actually act and react with proper change. And the fact that Lab Bible picked it up says volumes about it. And the fact that they were the only people who really reported it really does speak volumes because let's be honest, that's a clickbait bullshit website. Uh, as I've said on many occasions, you are a pathetic, weak-minded individual twat. And frankly, I don't wanna hear any more from you. And as far as I'm concerned, the only thing these toys do is perpetuate the idea of spending way too much money on a piece of plastic. Fucking go and bore someone else, Karen. I mean, that that's that's what ratings in general are for, you know? And parents are you said all right, but they're responsible for teaching their their children the right things. But if you just automatically assume that your child's first thought will be, man, I can't wait to just stick my thumb up the bottle of a Medicare worker. That's your fault, sweetheart. Sorry, not sorry. It's, it's, it's the offense culture. People have got to be offended. It's cool to be offended. And not only am I offended, but everybody in the world needs to know that I'm offended. Um, 
I'm offended by watching people die every single day from poverty, having a record amount of people using food banks in this country because our government decided that they didn't want to give hot meals to homeless people or young children and had to be kind of bullied and shamed into it by the social media and by the great big personalities of football and things of that nature. I'm offended by the idea that we live in such an unbelievably, astonishingly wage gap society where the rich continue to live and prosper while more and more people fight against the poverty line and die because they can't afford to pay you know the simplest of prices for food that's what i'm offended by i'm offended by the idea that refugees die children die trying to cross a goddamn channel or a river or a sea or a border in the hope that they won't be fucking relentlessly bombed raped and murdered and removed from their lives and their livelihoods and their families and their cultures that they would actually very much like to stay in i'm offended by the fact that people like china and their bullshit government think it's okay to enact genocide against muslims i'm offended by a lot of things but i'll tell you what i'm not offended by whatever it was, Sabrina Fitzsimmons of Bournemouth. I'm offended at someone like you. I'm not offended by toys, by the way. That's what I was going to say. But I'll tell you what I'm offended by. The fact that someone like you who lives in such a fucking unbelievably privileged and nice area like Bournemouth has the nerve to come out here and say something like that. Talking about how just because you have people, you know people that work in the NHS sector like your partner, that does not excuse you and your ignorance from the rest of the fucking world. You are an ignorant piece of shit is what you are and you're pathetic and the fact that you're offended by something is fine. But as people always say, offense is taken, not given. If you're really that offended, then do me a favor. Go and cry into your little fucking dark room and don't come out again because the world is an incredibly fucking difficult and tough place. And the fact that you have children does not mean that you are better than me. It does not mean you are better than society. And it sure as hell doesn't mean that you are above the scrutiny and the abuse that you will fucking get for such a ludicrously pathetic and liquidated response to something that is so unbelievably antiquated like a toy. Grow up, you fucking piece of trash. Now then, <clears throat> interactions. By the way, anything else you want to add? Do you want to bury this fucking Karen anymore while we have the opportunity? Well, I don't think that's even possible, to be honest. What's I a think she's... What's a fucking cunt? These people are exactly why this world is in a fucking shit state. Like, I'm not old school, old school guy, but I'll tell you what I am. I'm somebody that believes... If you, Do you know what, right? When I was a kid, and I'm only 36, but when I was a fucking kid, if you had a problem, yeah, you fucking went and dealt with that problem. If you had something to say to people, you fucking went and said it to them. Or you bit your lip, you fucking swallowed your pride, and you got over it and got on with your life if it was small enough, if it was minute enough. Not nowadays. I'm going to go on social media and have a little whinge. I would not like it. Someone said something nasty. I must have my say. I must complain. Blah, 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 blah. Please, please, please fuck off. Fuck off and grow up and stop acting like a fucking child just because everything doesn't suit you. Newsflash. I'm not a huge fan of AEW and I'm not a huge fan of Kenny Omega. So do you know what I do? I fucking well don't watch the goddamn product because I have a choice. If it offends you that much, don't fucking buy the toys. Don't look at them. Keep buying your fucking pepper Pigs. Keep buying your Paw Patrol and shut the fuck up. You fucking melt. Eddie Kenway. You know Eddie Kenway. 
Yeah, I do. Um, at Samoan Eddie 13, do you think Brian Danielson possibly being at AEW is what is getting CM Punk seemingly back interested in wrestling? I mean, I'm excited to see what influence they can have on the company. CM Punk possibly considering coming out of retirement because of Daniel Bryan. What do you think? I mean, that, that could be a fun match. It was, you know, 10 years ago. <laughs> I mean, still CM Punk, man. I just don't care. I don't. And I'm not going to sit here and try and fantasy book and pretend that I do because CM Punk is not going to get me to watch AEW. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, no. No, there are far more palatable and interesting wrestlers that would get me to watch it. Uh, I know that, obviously, Eddie Kenway is a big fan because he's Rob CM Punk's fucking double straight arm fist uh, <laughs> By the way, come on, dude. Get your own logo. I've seen it. It's on your social media. Change it. Do better. Love you. Um, I don't care. I really don't care. Uh, probably. Wouldn't surprise me if CM Punk is definitely influenced by the idea of Daniel Bryan. Um, yeah, most likely. That's pretty much all I have to say about that. At Choke Goat, Choke Goat Gaming. Uh, question, which current wrestler or wrestlers do you think could be the next stars that draw in the mainstream audience and grow the fan bases of wrestling? Ooh. Who's got money I'm... written all over him? Who can draw money, do you think, in this modern era? I mean, Roman right now is doing a pretty good job of it, I think. Yeah. Real um, for me. Um, has, yep. Yeah, she's 24. She's beautiful. She's stunning. She is a specimen powerhouse. And she's so unique to look at. She could draw good money. Charlotte Flair draws money for me. Uh, she's so obnoxiously good at being an arsehole that it, like, people would pay money to see her get a head filled in. That's what all the great heels were able to do. They were able to draw money based on the fact you wanted to see and beat guys like Jim Cornette, the Midnight Express. Um, Rock and Roll Express, even. Uh, you know, so many of these people. You know, Ric Flair was a huge draw for that. Not only as a big-time star, but also because people were desperate to see him knocked off, and also he was always available. One of the big things here is being available, being exposed to a worldwide audience. I think Big E has the opportunity to certainly draw a lot of money. I think if you mm -hmm. can flesh out his character and grow him and use him the right way, I think he's got the potential to draw a lot of money. Obviously, Jinder Mahal is probably the biggest draw in the history of wrestling. Um, I, I look to the women a lot more. I look to women like Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair, and I think you have the potential. Bianca Belair. I think Bailey could draw great money as well, much in the same way that Charlotte Flair does as a heel. Um, I think there's plenty of opportunities there, but the problem is now that they don't allow the wrestlers the opportunity to draw the money. They try to draw the money. They tried to draw the money, excuse me, themselves with everything they put around the wrestlers. It used to be mm -hmm. that the wrestlers would draw money towards you and then you would give them the extras, the storylines, the right opponents and things of that nature to really help elevate it even more and make more money. Nowadays, they try and make the money off the back of what the wrestlers are doing as opposed to the wrestlers themselves. And for me, it's one of the big things that really kind of hurts wrestling long term. Um, I would like to see, you know, I'd like to go back to a point where I'm watching the wrestling for the wrestlers, not to see how they're booked. I shouldn't have to care how they're booked if I care enough about the wrestlers. They need more freedom to be able to draw money. Uh, in terms of AEW, which I suppose is the other big place, um, all right, to be fair, Josh Alexander could draw great money because he's so believable. A real athlete, a real workhorse, a real world-class wrestler. Um, I think that Pac could draw you good money. I think Eddie Kingston, if he's truly let off the uh, leash could draw good money. 
for AEW. And I definitely think that Jungle Boy, if he was built properly as a face, would have had the opportunity to draw money. But now I'm not so sure. Uh, Proud and Powerful, MJF, uh, Sammy Guevara, uh, these are all people who Adam, can... Adam Page could probably still... I think Adam Page could bring in a whole bunch of money. Adam Page is going to beat Kenny Omega for the title. We've known this for the best part of a year and a half now. Um, yeah. And yeah, that will probably draw a little bit of money. I'd be interested to see what happens after that. Um, because he needs genuine, highly credible contenders to face him after Kenny Omega. You yeah. can't just keep going back to the well with that. So, yeah, that'll be the real indication, his longevity. It'd be great to see him knock off Kenny Omega, but the longevity of his title run will be in how well he elevates other talents around him. The greatest wrestlers of all time would bring everyone up to their level. They always would. Um, good question, though. Anything else you want to add, mate? No, that's a good one. Let's move on. Cameron 1PW. Cameron Anderson, professional wrestler, will no doubt be showing what he can do for CWP very soon. Very excited to see what this boy does. And I can honestly say that I was more than happy to forward him as a great suggestion for the company. Why isn't Danny co-hosting? Because he doesn't like wrestling. Danny thinks he's fake. And to be honest, a lot of it is fake nowadays. It's not real enough. That's the big problem. That's why Danny ain't co-hosting. But when we start talking about sport, that's why Danny will be co-hosting. You dumbass. <coughs> Choke Goat. He's got another slice of it. On the topic of Punk and Brian, will it be big to the current wrestling audience? Yes. Will it help pull back in fans that have been lost? Not as much as people think. Thanks for your input. Ask for questions, not opinions. No, I'm kidding. We asked for both. Um, yeah, no, that's a very good point, to be honest. I think it's great for the smarks and the you know people who like wrestling, but is it going to bring in casual fans putting CM Punk and Daniel Bryan on a marquee? No. Nah. I don't think it'll move the needle enough. Not enough. Nah. Uh, definitely. Yes. Lee Meeks, if Punk and Brian sign for AEW, do you think this will be a game changer and AEW could get more popular and overtake WWE as the place to be? Uh, in brackets, more creative control. Please discuss. Do you think that CM Punk and Daniel Bryan is enough to make AEW more popular than WWE? No. No, I don't. I don't think they're big enough stars. I'll tell you who could shift the needle for them. Brock Lesnar. He's yeah. big money. UFC crossover. Um, right now, AEW is averaging what uh, around a million for their show. Uh, SmackDown does double that, even when it's not doing well. Uh, once they get around two million, which they have the potential to do, but again, I think, do you know what? I genuinely think the reason they don't get really big, 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 big numbers, they like spike every now and then, they have 1.4, and then they go right back down again. Um, it's because they don't have consistently good booking because Tony Khan is not a good booker. He is fucking bad at his job. And even when he does something right, hello, a dead clock is right twice a day. So Tony Khan should be just fine in that position, but they don't have consistently great booking to consistently garner the fans that they need to. And also the long-term storytelling isn't actually nearly as good as they think it is. There's way too much fucking garbage. There's way too many factions. There's, the roster is too bloated. There's so many different things that are wrong with it that stop it from, for me, being by far and away the most profitable and best wrestling out there. And by the way, I'm tired of AEW fans saying, you know, just outright categorically on social media, oh, yeah, well, this is clearly the best wrestling. Well, it's clearly not, is it? because otherwise it would have more viewers and it doesn't. And don't, you know, you can't say, oh, it's just because people are used to watching WWE. Well, if your show is that good, they'd happily turn over and they're not. 
They're just not. <laughs> they barely beat out NXT, which, you know, Vince McMahon has shown what he thinks about NXT. So that's what, that's my two cents on it. Um, the egomaniac herself at Nails and NY. I worried if Punk debuts in NYC and the camera pans to the crowd to see everyone is screaming while I'm on my phone checking Ethan's Twitter. Fair enough. Uh, I'm excited for Daniel Bryan having dream matches. I'm super excited to get G.O.D. to hopefully come join the invasion. And you're going to talk about the Josh and Kenneth moment, right? I think it deserves an Aaron, ooh, suit you moment. Suit you, sir, moment. Oh, oh, Josh Alexander, best wrestler in the world. Oh, suit you, sir. Josh Alexander dethroning Kenny Omega, that fucking poodle-haired wankstain for the Impact Wrestling Championship. Oh, suit you, sir. Oh, Josh Alexander. Oh, suit you, sir. There you go. I'm not a monkey that dances for your amusement, but I will always do far show references. It has to be said. Ken, um, Kyle doesn't really understand what the fuck is going on there, but no, nothing. No, no, nothing. No, I got nothing. I got absolutely nothing. Um, thank you for your input, guys, and I appreciate your interactions. We should have these every week. They're good fun. I'll make sure that I put out the call for it. Um, it was very, very sweet, especially just the way that Josh kind of stood there as if to say, wow, I'm clearly better than you, and I'm also so much better looking than you. And even you now have to admit, Josh Alexander, he's got the fire game that Kenny Omega wishes he could have. Kenny Omega walking around like some fancy poodle. By the way, state of your trousers, state of your boots. Josh Alexander, real man. You could only wish to accomplish what Josh Alexander does just by solely looking the way he does. Oh, he's fucking gorgeous. Oh, suit you. By the way, Josh, come on. Everyone start tagging Josh. We need to get him back on the podcast, especially when he becomes Impact Wrestling Champion, because let's be fair, this podcast champions Josh Alexander more so. And also, my boy Carl here has been out in front for a long time about Josh Alexander when other people were kind of turning their noses up at our boys, the North. Um... Anything else you want to add? No, I don't. I don't think so, buddy. It's been a busy week in news, hasn't it? Yeah, loads. Talk about lots of returns, all kinds of things going on. SmackDown's on at the moment. I haven't personally watched any of it. I've got wrestling training again. Um, check out at CWP Charity, guys. If you get an opportunity on social media, that's on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at CWP Charity. It's a company that I'm currently involved in charity wrestling promotions. We're going to be raising a lot of money for Dylan's quest for underprivileged children, children who have been suffering from abuse and things of that nature. Um, that's really important to us. And I can assure you that we don't get offended about figures at the merch table at CWP. And we still raise a lot of money and help out all of our first responders and our most uh, vital individuals, everyone who works on the front line and works incredibly hard for us. The frontline workers, I believe, is the correct term they use. Um, so, yeah, check those guys out. Some really cool things coming. And, of course, show announcements have been cropping up. So look out. There's going to be some really cool stuff. And also, if you support CWP, you'll be supporting the growth and the help and the you know, the fervorment for the betterment of a society for our younger people, because they deserve that. Um, not much else, really. Check out Kyle Wilkinson. He's at xkyle under slash Wilkinson on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at, at Design on all social media, including Facebook, if you want to get at me. or also have a private Facebook profile if you're interested in using me for business stuff, inquiries of that nature. You're welcome to contact me. And don't worry, I'll be as candid and as honest as I am on this fucking podcast. Oh, by the way, if you're offended by anything I've said in this podcast, go fuck yourself. You're entitled to be offended, and I'm also entitled to tell you to go fuck yourself. That's how it works. From myself, for our next and from Carl Wilkinson, thank you very much for listening slash watching, and we'll catch you very soon for more content from the WrestleBlock.
I'm going to fucking paw drive around and cruise tomorrow. So hard, dude. Get him so good. My fucking German him on his head. He's such a little melt. He doesn't take anything. You're a melt, Cruz. I can't wait to crush you in an actual match. <laughs>